Bob Hewish from the Department of International Development Studies at Dalhousie University. You're listening to GDP, the Global Development Primer, the podcast dedicated to all issues in international development studies. Follow me on Twitter at Professor Hewish. podcast and needless to say we're starting this season in a state that no one saw coming the COVID-19 pandemic there are no bystanders to this crisis it has impacted everyone on earth in some way and it presents a lot of important questions in international development studies about how to how to go forward in season four we do talk about COVID-19 among other development challenges and one community that has had to scramble quickly to deal with the pandemic is the university community The pandemic came too far into the semester to have it cancelled and not far enough to forego exams. Instructors, students, and administrators have had to move quickly to make sure that students could pursue graduation with the right levels of competency. As many of you know, GDP is part of our Introduction to Development Studies course at Dalhousie University. And in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've opened up two new sections of the course for the summer of 2020 so as to take on a total of 300 students from around the world. It's also why we're delighted to have today today's guest for our intro to season four, Deep Saini, who's the president of Dalhousie University and oversaw operations of the university as the pandemic unfolded. Dr. Deep became, began his term as Dalhousie's 12th president in January 2020, a career academic and accomplished researcher in plant biology. Deep most recently served as vice chancellor and president of the University of Canberra in Australia from 2016 to 2019 before coming to Dalhousie. He grew up in India and has a Doctor of Philosophy in Plant Physiology from the University of Adelaide in Australia. His leadership roles have included governance and advisory roles at the national and international levels, presidencies of national professional societies, journal editorships, membership on national and international granting panels, fundraising workshops for university leaders, and international trade missions. And we're happy to have him here today to hear his thoughts about the challenges and opportunities for higher education during the pandemic. Deep, welcome to GDP. Thank you, Bob. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you here today. Absolutely. Now, we're very delighted to, to have you join us here for this introduction to Season 4. What an amazing time. Uh, unprecedented, I think, is the, one of the best words to use that we're facing today. How have you seen universities, uh, particularly Dalhousie, adapt to the challenges of this pandemic? That's a big question. Um, as you said rightly, the, I mean, the entire higher education um, sector has been in many ways turned upside down. Everything that was familiar has gone and a new set of uh, realities have become familiar now. And um, and it's been only about seven weeks since we started closing and it already feels like everything is familiar and we've been in it for a long time. Um, you know, I'll, let me you know, to give to answer your question, let me focus on Dalhousie because uh, you know we, we our situation is not unique. Everybody else is in the same boat. So if I give you some examples of how we have adjusted to this new reality at Dalhousie, that would also give you a sense of how the sector is adjusting. Um, the first big thing that ha- happened was that as this crisis came, we had to <clears throat> essentially move. Uh, hopefully all the students off the campus because, um, you know, we were like, I I, I have uh, compared our residences, for example, to 
um, to cruise ships that are landlocked. Uh, and we could have had those kind of disasters on campus. So um, we had to, we have normally about 2,500 students in our residences on campus and many more staying in, in, in you know, groups in, uh, in the neighborhood. And our responsibility was the residences. So we moved these students out of residences. That was a monumental job. We have now only about 160 students left here in our Halifax residences and about seven in Truro. Um, then the next big thing, or not then, simultaneously, the next big thing that had to be done, that we still had some weeks left in our winter term, and we had to move online. Now, this, to just give you a sense of scale of that, we moved 2,500 winter and spring and summer term courses online, uh, initially in a span of just about two weeks. We had about two weeks to do that. You know what? If, if this proposal had come to the Senate um, in advance of this crisis, people would have said, oh, well, it'll probably take us five to ten years to do this. And we did that in two weeks. And... And it happened because the whole institution mobilized um, and people performed miracles. And if you look at the student surveys, what they're telling us about the experience online, uh, you know, 70 plus percent satisfaction with what has happened. Um, this is amazing. And uh, that, you know, and I, I can't just say enough about, you know, the, the, you know, how I feel about my colleagues who did all of this, just amazing heroes for the institution. And, and those heroes are, uh, are there all across the sector, across Canada. Um, then came the problem of students in distress, you know, financial burden on students. Uh, they had to be moved off residences. Uh, jobs were being lost. A lot of our students worked part-time and so on. So uh, an effort started to support these students. And so far, we have given out 860 um, uh, emergency bursaries to our students to to help them, uh, you know, uh, out of dis distress. Um, a fundraising campaign has started, um, and um, you know, large amount of money has been coming in. Uh, all of this, you know, it was kicked off essentially by the senior administration by by making commitments to donate to this cause, and and then it spread like wildfire. Um, and I don't know the ex the most recent number, but the last time I checked, over six hundred donors. Uh, and uh, over $200,000 raised. And uh, majority of donors were the staff and faculty within the university. Um, students' grades, huge issue. You know, what do we do with in, in these new circumstances? So I, I, I believe we came up with what is arguably the most humane and creative way of dealing with grades, where uh, students uh, will get their normal grades, and they get to choose after they see their grade whether they keep the grade as it is, the latter grade, or they want to just simply go for a pass, which uh, is GPA neutral. It gives them the credit, but it does not impact their GPA. Now, if they happen to get a fail, then they still have the option of taking uh, ill, um, essentially, uh, notation on their transcript. Um, and that is for compassionate reasons. Now, that uh, does two things. It does not impact your GPA, but you still have to repeat it. So you, you don't get credit for it, but, uh, which is fair, but you, uh, you get to, you, it would not impact your GPA not like a normal fail grade would. So a lot of those things happen. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop very quickly. You know, a huge amount of research has, uh, has taken off on 
uh, on COVID-19, we've received close to $2 million from uh, Canadian Institute of Health Research uh, and the three of our researchers, plus more, actually three of the, the leading ones and then more, are working on finding solutions to the problem in, uh, at the vaccination level, at, uh, at in, in terms of cure, and the social impacts of it, social and economic impacts of it, and so on. And lastly, Dalhousie stepped up in its community effort because it, it's not only that Dalhousie is impacted, our community is impacted, and we want to step up and do what we can for the community. So we took on a huge project on behalf of the government as one example where where $50 million have been transferred to the university and the government, this is Nova Scotia government, has asked the university to run two programs. One, to help the businesses, small businesses that are impacted by uh, quick closure. And second, those workers who have lost their jobs but are not eligible for employment insurance. So we are running this program pro bono um, and just as a community service. Huge program. I don't believe there is a parallel in anywhere in the world uh, where a government has come to a university to ask it to manage two big programs like that on behalf of the, uni- of, of the government. That's, it, these, these examples are, are just so telling. And uh, your point about how quickly the response was, uh, like, like you said, it, some of these changes, some of these actions are are just enormous. And, you know, the, the traditional uh, bureaucracy that we'd be used to in regular times would, wouldn't see these sort of changes happening in, in three weeks. Um, one, one of the, the words I heard for the ether was just how the, the large chemistry classes, I mean, there's like hundreds of people in the introduction to chemistry class, and it was just a real uh, great coordinated effort by the instructor and the TAs to move so many people to an online environment so quickly. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if what we're seeing here is going to be, is this a new normal or are we going to be able to embrace the good elements out of this, this online uh, era and, and, and go back to business as usual or are we in different times? Um, you know, things that um, just two months ago people would have said to you were impossible. You turn around today at every corner, people are doing those things. And so we have learned a huge amount about ourselves, um, what our capabilities are. So I believe that a lot of what we have learned through this crisis will be retained. Um, and, and we will apply it in different ways to the new reality that would emerge after uh, COVID-19 crisis is over. But there are also things that I think we will we will not retain, you know, social um, social separation, for example, will not be retained. Uh, human beings, are, it, you know, that's another thing. Actually, in some ways, we've learned that thing as well. You know, how, you know, I, I used to be just amazed at, you know, watching young people, they would be sitting to, almost together, and they're all sitting there, not looking at, at one another and texting, and probably to one another, you know, sitting in the same room, right? And, and there was this sense that, you know, the human face-to-face interaction is dying and that people, just the whole online world, the, the world of social media is going to take over our lives. I think we have come to a, a, a stark realization that the real life actually happens in the real world and not in the social media world and that we have this hunger for personal interaction. We want to hug somebody. We want to kiss somebody. We want to play with somebody. We want to, I mean, I work out every morning in my home gym now. I can't wait for Dalplex to so I can actually work out there within the gym and so on. So, the, you know, there are those things that will come back and they'll probably come back with 
uh, with a greater and stronger and more healthy realization in the society that there's got to be a balance. So, um, you know, the short answer is yes, we will we will retain some of the things we've learned the capabilities of the good side of online. I mean, I, I, I'll give you an example. Just last Thursday, we held a virtual town hall for to connect the entire Dalhousie staff and faculty community. Now, 871 people logged on to that event. 871. I have the biggest town hall that I have ever conducted was about 350 people. And that too, because there was a major crisis that I had to address and people were worried about losing their jobs, right? So they show up for in that sort of a situation. But then the person who's sitting way at the back of the room, I can barely hear them when they ask a question. The interaction is so vertical in those situations. And to steal one of the terms you used uh, earlier in our informal discussion, this online world has made the interaction very horizontal. So we had these 871 people asking questions, meaningful questions, uh, very thoughtful questions, and getting direct reply, which is being delivered to each one of them, in, essentially individually, because each one of them is looking at the picture as if we're talking face-to-face. Now, that is a new discovery that for me as well. And I, I, I tell you what, I will probably never go back to a face-to-face town hall or at least not to a only face-to-face town hall. It'll be at least a blended version next time. That's fantastic. So, Deep, just in the last couple seconds that we have here, uh, do you have any advice for students, uh, say students who are taking uh, this course, for example, or others on how best to navigate these times so they can have a rich university experience going forward? Yes, a lot of advice, and uh, but I will be brief because a wise person doesn't give too much advice. <laughs> uh, first thing, beware of your safety, your health, and well-being because, and not just with regard to COVID nineteen, but broadly, um, health is very important. You got to stay healthy. Second, um, make a conscious effort to embrace what is good about new ways of learning. Uh, don't just simply take it as something that you have to do, but think about actively about um, what new ways have emerged. And I spoke about some of those and and embrace them actively and thoughtfully. Um, reach out to your instructors. All right, that the role of the teacher is not gone in this world. Uh, your you you will not have all the information, but your instructors will be able to give you some essential information that you may miss out on. And uh, the last thing I would say is don't forget your friendships. Engage with one another and, uh, you know, grab a, a can of Coke. I won't say beer at the right now because that's not the right thing for a university president, president to be saying. But I would say grab a can of Coke or Sprite or something and, you know, sit on FaceTime or something. Have a chat. Be friends and, and continue to maintain your relationships. Those are great words, sound advice, and it's been... Uh... It's been great to hear your thoughts and opinions about overseeing this, this again, unprecedented experience uh, in the university community. So we're certainly welcome to hear your thoughts and, uh, and very positive reflections on this experience. Thank you very much, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Okay, take care now.